Hello Tallahassee, this is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I am Pastor Jack King, I'm your host, and uh, it's an exciting thing for me to be able to come here on Sunday mornings and uh, bring to you the Gospel through talk. And uh, well, this is show number 782 today. As I say, we talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics. We don't talk doctrine. But we do always speak well of one another. And that has served us very, very well over the years. And uh, and I just appreciate you for tuning in. i uh, love to hear from you. If you want to correspond with me, you can call me, 567-1703. Email me, Pastor J.L. King at yahoo.com. I am the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast, and well, we love visitors. Come and worship with us today. We start at 1105. You can find us on the web at frcm.us. We're located at 720 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza. If you're heading from uh, Easterwood Drive toward Park Avenue, look for us on the right-hand side of the road. You'll see our signs out there on Sunday morning, and uh, bring the family we just love to see you. An announcement that's uh, pretty important in the overall welfare of this ministry. I had lost the uh, website, and uh, that was just one of those things that was just uh, disappointing to me. And, of course, uh, after I lost it, somebody else picked it up, and uh, but we've got it back. And so you can go to radiogospel.us and you'll find the uh, different broadcasts listed where you can tune in to the daily broadcast or the talk show or the Saturday Night Gospel Sing. Uh, you can order the book there and some other good things. And I'm announcing this today. Hopefully by the time that you hear this, it'll all be done. But it may not just yet be done. Give me a week. And then you can go to radiogospel.us and check out what we're doing in the area of broadcasting. And I'm just excited about this because I was so disappointed that happened. But, uh, well, God's good. <laughs> and I thank God for that. Today on the broadcast, uh, I'm re-airing a show. And uh, it is a great interview. It really is. And I have re-aired this show several times because it's uh, such a great testimony uh, this gentleman is a friend of mine. We've known each other for a lot of years. Matter of fact, we were college roommates at one time. But the Lord has used him to go off to Southeast Asia, India, that part of the world, and he's worked and labored there. But uh, he talks about that in the interview, but he also shares his testimony of how he came to Christ. And uh, like I say, it's it's really inspirational, and I believe you'll enjoy it. His name is McLean Hawthorne, missionary to Southeast Asia. And uh, I hope that you enjoy the interview. Thank you, Pastor Jack. Good to be here. Uh, just a little bit of background for those of you who are listening. McLean and I, are, we're, we're not strangers. A lot of times uh, I have people on the show that I've never met before. Matter of fact, most of the guests that I have on the show, generally I will have met them just a few minutes before we come on the air together. But McLean and I would go back a few years. Matter of fact, I, I shared with my church congregation this morning. McLean came through and did the... Uh, 
service with us at the Open Bible Church. And I said, back in 1975, I went to open the door to my house. The doorbell had rung, and there was a gentleman standing there, and he was kind of tall and lanky, and he said, I'm your new roommate. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of where our relationship goes back into all those years. But uh, we went to Bible College at Liberty uh, Christian College, or Liberty Bible College at the time, there in Pensacola, and then God has led him into uh, missions. And, of course, I've been pastoring all these years. But, uh, McLean, what we want to do, first of all, just tell the folks what it, the, the ministry that you're involved in. Kind of give us a, an overview of what it is that you do. Uh, well, our ministry is called Reaching South Asia with the Gospel. And uh, we come alongside churches and Christian organizations uh, in South Asia, which is the nations between India and Vietnam. And uh, we we're part of a local church over there, and I've done a good bit of training in Bible schools, uh -huh. seminaries, and uh, local churches as well, just to help the body of Christ be the body of Christ in a very difficult part of the world. Right. And I, I know this morning during the, uh, the service, and just listening to, to Brother Hawthorne talk about uh, the, the work that he's doing there, and, and as you said it this morning, you're, you're in an area of the country to where, or area of the world, that where it's not an easy thing to be a Christian. No, uh, the nations that we're concerned with are predominantly either Hindu or Muslim or uh, Buddhist. Uh -huh. uh, that's the majority religions. And so for anyone, um, you know, man, woman, couple, to go into the ministry and, and say, I'm going to serve God, plant a church or pastor a church, it's not going to make them popular with the, uh, with the majority community. Mm -hmm. Now, what kind of... Um Let's talk about numbers of, of the different countries and nations that you're in. What is the makeup between Christians and those of other faiths? Well, it depends on the nation you're talking about. Uh, of course, India is the biggest nation over there. It's over a billion people in population. And it's roughly 80% uh, or so Hindu. Uh -huh. And then about uh, between 10 and 15% Muslim. And there again, these are ballpark figures. I'm not uh, quoting exact statistics, but it's largely Hindu, probably 80%. Uh -huh. Then about 10% are more Muslim, and then you have other religions. You have Buddhists, you have Christians. Uh, but the the population of Christians is a small percentage, really? maybe 3 or 4%, really? maybe 5 yeah. And so out of that, just you, you find pockets to where there's some, some areas that are more predominantly, uh, or we might have more of a Christian presence than other areas? Well, that's right. And, um, you know, there are some villages and some areas where the people are basically Christian. Uh -huh. uh, of course... There are Hindu people all over the nation, uh, you know, because it is largely Hindu. Wow. And then there are pockets that are largely Muslim. Uh, Muslim and Hindu folks don't usually live very closely uh, with each other uh, because of the idolatry in Hinduism. The, the Muslims don't, uh, don't right. like that at all. Okay. But, uh, yeah, there are pockets. But um, hopefully there are believers kind of spread, you know, as evenly as as possible is, right. is, the, is the ideal. But, uh, again, just trying to get a get a flavor for, for the life that you live and the, and the existence that you have there. Um, as, as you're going out to be in a, a nation to where you are very much in the minority, certainly not in the, in the majority, uh, to express your faith out publicly, is that, is that a dangerous thing to do? Well, um, you know, there again, as a foreigner, we're not generally street preachers. Uh -huh. uh, we are able to be ourselves, we're able to express ourselves, but uh, I don't uh, you know, generally don't gather a crowd publicly. We do minister in churches, and um, you know, we've I've, I've done a good bit of preaching in churches. But the churches would set up evangelistic meetings. 
But a lot of what we do is through the local churches. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we, there again, we help Christians to be uh, like Jesus, help right. Christians to be obedient. Now, as far as the churches being in existence, is that a problem for the churches? Uh, no, in the nations that, uh, well, all of the nations except perhaps the Maldives or Maldives, um, there's a, it's legal for churches to exist. Uh-huh. Uh, in that particular nation, they claim to be 100% Muslim, and the only churches they allow are in um, um, embassy compounds and places like that. Oh, really? Now, in Vietnam, it's a little bit touchy because it's a communist government, and uh, there are certain churches that they've approved of. Uh-huh. Uh, for someone to start a new church, the government, uh, you know, would question that and might not be happy about that. But uh, is there ever, ever a time to where the church services are disrupted for any reason? Uh, it, that, that can happen. And I was told years ago, uh, uh, speaking in Myanmar, that um, you know, at any time the government could stop the service if they felt like it was uh, something that they were not comfortable with or that it was uh, critical of them or, or maybe of the national religion. They could just pull the plug and huh. uh, ask us to go home. I've not been in a meeting that has been closed down like that, but I know others who have, not just in that nation, but in, in different countries. Now, what about um, property? Do the churches generally own the property, or are they allowed to own property? In most of those nations, churches are allowed to, to own property. Uh-huh. And they have you know, buildings and all. And, and, and again, these, are, these questions I'm asking you, the people here in America, they may seem odd to but but, they may. but but not in, in where you are and what no. you're dealing with. And well, and let me be clear, uh, Brother Jack, the the the, the governments, uh, you know, by and large, my my experience in that part of the world, the governments are not um, anti-Christian per se, uh-huh. but they are trying to to keep the peace, and they they don't want uh, radical groups of their own religion to rise up and, and be violent against Christians. And so they, they try to keep things balanced. Uh-huh. They don't want to rock the boat. And if, if, uh, if Christians become a little bit threatening, at least from their perspective, that they're going to uh, stir up trouble or trouble might come, then they would uh, sooner close a Christian meeting than they would to allow things to get out of hand. It's an interesting thing that you've just brought up, and I never really thought about this so much as it. The governments that you're dealing with, they themselves are not necessarily uh, religious oriented as such. They're, they're, they're trying to be a, quote, a, a secular government. Well, at least to keep the peace. Uh-huh. Uh, we mentioned India specifically. Uh, you know, you have 80% Hindus. Uh, for the government to be radically Hindu, I guess that could work as far as a democracy goes. But then what do you do with the other 20% of the people? Right. Uh, you know, how are you able to, um, to keep a good uh, life situation for them? Uh, you know, let, allow things, uh, allow them to worship and practice their faith without problems. Uh-huh. So the, the government tries to keep the peace, well, I, by and, and large. I, I said, and I've, I've been to a few foreign countries, not a lot, and, and I've seen and experienced a little bit. To, but to be in a culture to where uh, Christianity is, is so much removed from being in the majority, it's, it's a whole different experience. Of course, of course, you've lived there long enough now. It's pretty much become commonplace to you, I would imagine. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and I believe from what you were saying to me earlier before we went on the air, 26 years you've been involved in Southeast Asia. That's right. Doing different things. And what we're going to do is, is we're just going to back up a little bit here and, and just kind of walk through McLean's story. And uh, basically, the way I understand it, you were just a young man, and you grew up in Montgomery, Alabama. That's correct. And somewhere along the line, you came to the faith. Tell us a little bit about the story. Well, I was a, a student at Auburn University, and uh, I had grown up in uh, church background, but uh, more of a, a nominal Christianity. 
as far as I was concerned. Uh-huh. And, you know, I didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord. But as a senior in university, um, things began to, um, you know, surprise me in life. Things didn't go the way I had thought they would as far as a career and the, and the future I had planned. And I found myself seeking, really seeking truth. And uh, by the grace of God, the Lord, you know, allowed me to know that He was who He is, uh-huh. and He is the truth. And I began to realize that, oh, well, I've, I've not been walking, you know, in, in the way with Jesus. I've been just kind of doing my own thing. And so as a senior in university, I came to the Lord, had a, a wonderful salvation experience, uh, you know, peace that passes understanding. My life was really changed to the point that people barely recognized me. Really? Yeah. Now, was, was it some type of a, a worship service that, that you'd gone to, or was it just personal seeking? Well, no, it's interesting. I, uh, like I said, I was getting very disillusioned with my life. I was getting discouraged and a bit depressed. And I uh, ran into an old friend who had been a kind of a partier like I had been, and he was different somehow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he'd had his hair cut off, and he just looked different, not just his outward appearance. He just seemed to be different. And I, I got to talking with him, and... You know, I studied Eastern religion, uh, Buddhism, Hinduism. I, you know, delved in it, and and some of it I I uh, practiced some Buddhism for a while, and was trying to get serious about Eastern religion. Well, my friend Stuart said, you know, that he had found the Lord Jesus, or the Lord Jesus had found him, and of course, I, you know, it made me want to have a, a a debate almost with him. Well, you know, how can you say? You know that that you found Jesus. What about uh, Gautama? What about Muhammad? You know these others, and uh, I think in in God's wisdom, He didn't argue with me. He just basically directed me to the Bible. He said, "I believe, McLean, if you'll read the Gospel of John, you'll find out what I'm talking about." Huh? And that's what I did. Wow! And so so there wasn't. Uh uh, a preacher or anybody that led you to the faith. It was just your own research and studying and praying. And Well, now, he had uh, given me his Christian witness. He had, uh-huh. he had told me what had happened in his own life briefly. Uh-huh. And But then when I wanted to discuss it and, and try to debate about it, he said, no, if you want to understand, he said, you're not going to figure it out for one thing. Just read the Gospel of John. And as I read the Gospel of John, uh, you know, the Lord was, was with me. The Holy Spirit just convicted me, and I... My eyes were opened. What about the thought processes as you began to read it? Do you remember what began to take place in your in your mind? Well, there again, I was trying to make sense out of life uh-huh. because life didn't uh, didn't add up the way I thought it had, uh-huh. and a lot of my ideals and you know like uh, kind of you know one world and and we're all you know all people and people are good and this kind of idea. Um, as I read the words of Jesus, I realized you know God loves people. God's not against people per se. But people have an issue of sin, and mm-hmm. I had ignored that. And, uh, you know, I, I went to church. Uh, I, there again, I grew up in a church background, but I went to church one time at the university in four years. And so my, you know, sin was not a part of my, uh, you know, vocabulary. I didn't talk about sin. I just did as I pleased. Uh-huh. And as I began to read the Gospel of John, it wasn't just a conviction of sin, but I realized that I was not living the way God had intended for all of us to live. Wow. And, and with that realization, I it was very obvious. I just needed to ask forgiveness, huh. and when I did, you know, God was was there to forgive me and assure me that I was forgiven. I, I tell you what, I, I, I'm just seeing how the Holy Spirit was so He was so real during all that because it was I mean, very good to, to, to take you through that process of mine and, and just from what you have just described. You talk about the few times that, that you wanted to, to debate. The person, yes, and, and that reminds me of so many people that I have met, known that, and and every time I I run across them like that, I think to myself, this person is a prime candidate 
to come to the faith because they are trying so hard to convince themselves of something that's, that's not true that if they're not careful, they're going to stumble upon the truth. <laughs> and right. I think that's what happened right. to you. <laughs> well, I, I know there's testimonies of, uh, well, I think of Josh McDowell is one. Lee Strobel is another. Uh, I think Alfred Edersheim, who lived like 100 years ago, Jewish a scholar, people who tried to disprove the gospel uh-huh. and really investigated it right. in order to disprove it, realized that it was true and became, uh, you know, strong believers. So now you were uh, a senior at, at Auburn University yes. and um, about to go out into life. And what was the career path that you were you were on there? Uh, well, I was a major. Uh, my, my major was in mathematics and uh-huh. I was uh, interested in pure mathematics and research uh, uh, topology, which is advanced geo- uh, geometry, is what really interested me. And I, I saw myself uh, doing research, which would have put me uh, in a professorship at a university, most probably. Uh-huh. R- most probably. Um, so I, w- I went to the University of Georgia in graduate mathematics. And it was during my, I, I had actually come to the Lord the, the um, you know, before I went to graduate school. So when I got to graduate school and I was doing this uh, highly academic, theoretical uh, research and, and, you know, learning how to do it, I thought, well, you know, how is this ever going to help anyone? And, you know, if, if it's ever applied later on in, in uh, engineering or some kind of invention or something, how will it help the common man? How will it help people in general? And I just made it a, a matter of prayer. Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to continue in this path? And I felt uh, very clearly that he wanted me to work with people. And the more I, I talked with different ones, and I had a pastor praying with me, different ones were praying with me, I felt like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm in mathematics. If I go into mathematics education, secondary education, I can teach high school or middle school and uh, you know, still use my mathematics, but I'll be directly helping Young uh-huh. people, right? So I changed from mathematics uh, research, you know, ma- uh, research math, into math education, and that took me out of the ivory tower and put me right in the middle school classroom in the inner city in Montgomery, ah. which was quite an awakening. I bet a good place to be. <laughs> it was very good for me. And, and the idea at that point that you would someday be a missionary had not yet occurred to you. No, no, I, I did feel that the Lord wanted me to work with people. And that I should be, you know, like any Christian, I should be able and willing to help people uh-huh. that needed help. Right. But at, but at that point, so, so God has, has now moved you, for, as you said, the ivory tower, yep. down to the classrooms in Montgomery, Alabama. In the inner city. In the inner city. And how long did you do that? I was there one year. One year. One school year. And... Uh, the assistant principal brought the sheet around for me to sign to be coming back the next year. Uh-huh. And I just didn't have peace about signing it. I just felt like, no, this is not for me, uh, at least not at this time. And he came back to me and he said, Mr. Hawthorne, if you don't sign this, it's, it's tantamount to you resigning. Uh-huh. And I said, yes, sir, I know that, but I just don't have peace uh, to do this. I'm going to uh, be doing something else for a while. I, I hope to be back. That was my ideas. Uh, and in the meantime, I just felt like I needed to study God's Word okay. because I, I, I had uh, young, young boys and girls, you know, young men and young women, 7th and 8th graders that had some of the most serious questions in life, uh, many that I had never faced because of their home situations, drugs, all kinds of things. And I didn't have enough Bible knowledge to, give, to direct them to the Lord through His Word. Okay. I could say, well, Jesus is who you need. Right, but, uh, right. of course, you know, in the school system, even back then, that was uh, not really allowed so much. So, so after that first year of teaching in the elementary school, I was elementary middle school, middle, middle school, school, middle yeah. school, teaching, you were teaching mathematics. That's right. 
And so you, you realize you're not going to stay another year, and, and you're going to seek the Lord during this time. But somewhere along that way, you ended up at Liberty Bible College. How did that happen? Well, there again, uh, once the assistant principal said, you know, this is the same as resigning, and I said, yes, but that, that's what I need to do. I don't, I don't need to sign this paper. Uh-huh. I realized, Lord, you need to show me what I need to do between now and the time school is out. Because once school is out, I don't have a job. Right. I've quit my job. Uh, okay. <laughs> now, um, and that could be a problem. Well, it yeah. could be, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I was, I was wanting to be active and productive, and I, I, I wanted to do the right thing. Right. I wanted the right job. So I began to pray, and about that time, the small church that I was attending came into fellowship with uh, the Liberty Group down in Pensacola. And I met uh, Pastor Ken Summerall, who was the head of the, of the church. He was the pastor of the church and the head of, of the Bible College. Right. And uh, I had some uh, good conversation with him in the local church about some matters there. And then as he was leaving, he just said, you know, we're in, down in Pensacola, not far from here. Come by and see us sometime. Just drop down and see us sometime. And he was being polite, but I, I, I don't know that he meant anything more than that, other than, you know, it'd be fine for you to visit. Mm-hmm. Well, when he left, uh, you know, there again, I had been praying and, and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? I felt like I needed to know the Bible, needed to study the Bible. I had taken a couple of correspondence courses. When he said that, it just seemed to click. And so I visited Pensacola not long after that and felt that the Lord was just confirming to me, this is where I want you. Right. And so I was there in Bible college for five years. At, at Liberty. At Liberty. In Pensacola. Yes. And then uh, somewhere along, And that's where we met. Right, cause, because uh, I had told them at the school because I had uh, I had been in the Navy previous to going to Bible College at Liberty, and there in Pensacola, and I had bought a house while I was stationed on the the aircraft carrier, the Lexington, and I had a lot of sailors living with me. But once I had gotten out of the Navy, that kind of uh, they eventually got out of the service and left and different things. And so I, I was I had this house and I needed some roommates. So I told them at the administration office there at Liberty, said if you have some students that are looking for a place to live, cheap rent, right. Um, to send them to me, and so that's how you that's ended how up at my door that day, door. because they, they had told you to go over there, so you knew you had a place when you got there. That's I felt why like you, I did. <laughs> that's why you said, I'm your new roommate, <laughs> and so I just kind of opened the door and said, come on in, and, uh, and I don't know, I think you stayed with me, what, a couple years or a year and a half? Uh, yeah, I and, think uh, more more than two years. Yeah, and uh, we uh-huh. just had a, had a great time and got to know each, know each other, and uh, we had some other students from Liberty that came and stayed there for a while, and uh, it worked out real, 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 real well. And, uh, and now, uh, of course, you know, as life goes, and, and you separated and went your, uh, other, uh, your way and followed the Lord, and of course, eventually, we ended up... Uh, well, actually, at the house there, finally roommates, they just all began to leave. And then I ended up with one guy uh, by the name of Ron Scott, and he, he was with me, and he was going to move out to Wisconsin. But by that time, I had met my wife, Tammy, and we were looking to get married. And, and uh, I said to Ron, or, or, you know, to Ron Scott, I said, look, uh, if you're not in a hurry to go, just stay with me. It's about another six months before my wedding. I said, just stay with me. I said, I won't charge any rent or anything. Just stay with me. And we'll just... And so he did. He stayed around, stayed for the wedding, and uh-huh. then, then took off. And then after Tammy and I got married, we moved into the... Or she moved into the house, and she's the only roommate that stayed with me for a long time. She's been with me 31 <laughs> right. years now. Right. <laughs> and of she's course, the best roommate yeah, you Oh, yes, no. yes. And, of course, the house, you know, that was a long time ago, and we sold it, and, and uh, all that sort of thing. But those are, those are all good, good days. But what's so exciting to me is to have just watched uh, the Lord 
move through your life and uh, the things that you're doing. Of course, McLean has a, sends out a wonderful newsletter. Uh, how often do I get that? Is that one, every one, month or two? Yeah, and and, mm-hmm. it, and, uh, and I have every copy of everyone that's ever sent me. I put them on the file, and, and but it gives me it gives me an opportunity to uh, hear about what you're doing and where you're going and things because I, I know how it is. I've got lots of people that I know that I don't I don't talk to them all the time. I may see them every ten years. That's about the way it has mm-hmm. been with you. But uh, last week. I got a call and on my on my cell phone, and, and the voice said, uh, "Jack, this is McLean." And I said, "Yeah, I know who that is." <laughs> it didn't. It wasn't like he had to explain or anything like that. Right. I mean, it was McLean, uh, old friend, uh, fellow minister, uh, pastor in the, in the things of God and labor in the kingdom, and. Uh, and of course, by having the newsletter, I'd, I'd kept up with you and kind of knew what you were doing and things like that. And I'll tell you what we're going to do, McLean, a couple things. First of all, before we, we take a little break and play a little music here, I want you to, if you don't mind, if you want people to, do uh, you mind if people correspond with you or anything of that? Oh, not at all. Okay. Not at all. And uh, put them on your mailing list, perhaps, maybe. That's right. Okay. That's right. If you've got any information like that, just go ahead and share it with the, with the uh, audience. Well, you can, you can reach us, uh, McLean Hawthorne, or just put the Hawthorne. P.O. Box 3040, Pensacola, Florida, 32516. Uh, it's P.O. Box 3040, Pensacola, Florida, 32516. Okay. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to be on the mailing list, that's fine. If you have questions or want to, you know, want to contact from me, just let me know. Okay. Of course, people may want to hear more about uh, what's going on in, in the ministry and, and um, some of the things that you're involved in, that sort of thing. But... I'm going to go ahead and break in here. This is Pastor King, and uh, this is an interview we did with uh, McLean Hawthorne. Uh, and I was doing a little math uh, while I was listening to the interview there. And uh, you talk about, he said, well, Tammy and I have been married 31 years. Well, at this point, we've been married 36 years, so it's been four years, uh, almost five years, since uh, we did this interview. I didn't realize it had been that long. And, um, of course, McLean, he's uh, he's back on the field and doing what he does. And, of course, uh, uh, like I was saying on the interview there, you said, uh, friends like that, you hear from them every now and then. But when you do, you just pick up right where you left off. And if uh, McLean and I was thinking, I said, it's probably time for him to call me again. And let's get him back uh, in the church and um, kind of catch you up. To see how things are going with him, uh, like I say, just a tremendous guy and doing a tremendous work. That's uh, just a tremendous uh, blessing to me. Well, this is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I'm the host, and uh, I get to interview so many wonderful people. What a joy! I mean, it's just such a privilege to meet the people I get to meet, and. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. If you're out there listening and you have a story to tell in the church uh, involved in Christian ministry in some capacity, then uh, why don't you get in touch with me? 567-1703. That's my cell phone number. Of course, it's area code 850 or Pastor J.L. King at uh, yahoo.com if you will just uh, either give me a call or give me an email either way then uh, we'd love to hear from you and, and we'll set up a time to do the show together and it'll be a lot of fun I've been uh, playing an interview we did this earlier in the show with a friend uh, who's also a missionary and uh, he is uh, 
just doing a tremendous job in Southeast Asia. Um, the Lord sent him there, and, and if you were with us earlier and you heard the testimony, uh, McLean never thought that this was what he would be doing with his life. He thought he was going to, as, as he says it, he thought he was going to be an egghead in some type of an ivory tower at some university doing math. And uh, he's a very brilliant man. He's very smart, and uh, he could have done it, but. He met the Lord, and the Lord had uh, different plans for him. So, uh, of course, um, he met his wife, and uh, the two of them took off. And, of course, uh, they have grown children now and, and all of that, and still serving the Lord and being faithful. So we're going to go back and just pick up the interview with uh, McLean Hawthorne, missionary Southeast Asia. And to start, talk about the call. Now, from the story you've shared with us so far, where you went to Liberty Bible College and uh, spent five years after you'd already gone through, uh, what, four years of, at, Auburn. Uh, at Auburn University That's right. and had your bachelor's degree and was working toward your master's. And God just kind of changed things a little bit there. And now you spent another five years training for ministry. And, That's right. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, you got the call that God wanted you to, to go to Southeast Asia. How did that happen? Well, when I came to Liberty, um, you know, you recall I was a school teacher. Uh-huh. And um, my concern was that I would know the Word of God well enough to be able to share it with other people. And I was thinking in the context of teaching school, and uh, I was a Christian. I was a Christian, and I was an educator. So for me to continue in Christian education or continue in the public school system as a believer was just a fine, you know, opportunity, a fine possibility. Uh, but the dean of students there, after about, I was about halfway through the curriculum, about two and a half or three years of the five, he called me into his office, uh, Brother Jim Dunham. He said, uh, you need to declare a major. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, you, you, you're getting towards graduation. Right. You need to decide which stream you're going to be in. I remember that conversation. <laughs> yeah, well, at, uh, at that time, uh, in the Bible college, there was pastoral ministries. You, right. you could train to be a pastor. There was Christian education, which would have been the natural choice for me. And then right. there was foreign missions. Uh-huh. And uh, Brother Jim was wise. He said, uh, you know, McLean, don't just... Um, check the first thing that comes to your mind, I suggest you go home and pray over this. You know, spend a few days, get before the Lord, and really ask Him what He has for you. Right. And uh, honestly, Pastor Jack, I knew better than just to check pastoral ministries, Uh because I don't think anybody needs to be a pastor unless God has called them, because I know the seriousness of it. Sure. And uh, and it's a wonderful thing, but it's a serious thing. Absolutely. And really, it should be in any calling to ministry. Uh, The more I prayed about it, I didn't feel it was pastoral ministry. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, you know, I was thinking, well, I'm in Christian education, but I just continued to get a, a check in my spirit. I just didn't feel clear about it. And uh, about that time, there were meetings at the church, and uh, I was talking to different ones, meeting people I'd never met before, and the idea of South Asia and of India continued to come back to me. And, uh, you know, at first I just thought, well, you know, this is what's going on here, and, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm still waiting to hear from you. you. You know, what do you want me to do? I need to let Brother Dunham know what my major is going to be. And, uh, you know, the more I prayed, Lord, what are you saying? the more India kept coming back to me in South Asia. And so I began to, to think, well, Lord, are you, are you trying to tell me something? Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, there again, as soon as I, almost as soon as I would pray, there would be someone to talk to me or I'd be reading a book or, you know, I, I remember um, one, one evening I went over to Mobile to a Chuck Girard concert. And Chuck Girard was there as a master musician and really very talented uh, brother. He uh, was playing guitar. He would play keyboard and sing or he'd play guitar and sing. It was just him. And uh, on one of the uh, songs, he, he had his guitar and he was about to play. And he said, he said, you know, I, I never do this. He said, I want you to understand, I never do this. I don't just stop and talk. I, I usually have minister in song and, you know, maybe lead in prayer. But I don't do this. But he said, I just feel like we need to stop right now and pray for India and China. Oh, my. Now, I was, I was sitting on the second row, as I recall, and I was already in tears because I was worshiping God, and I was trying to hear from God, and yeah. I just wanted to please Him. And there, this man is standing on the stage, and he said, I never do this. Uh-huh. But let's pray for India wow. and China. I love and, it uh, you know, that. yeah, <laughs> confirmations like that. I mean, people I'd never met started talking to me about India. Right. Enough confirmations came. I, I think I mentioned it this morning. I got more confirmations than Moses did. And I began to feel uncomfortable because I felt like, Lord, I've asked you to confirm and I've continued to get confirmations. Right. It's South right. Asia. So finally, I said, Father, I, I believe this is you and I'm just going to accept it in faith. Now, you show me, you guide me. And, uh, you know, show me what this means. If I'm, if I'm in any way mistaken, you correct me. Well, uh, Jack, after, after saying that and after some, you know, just a short time, I think just a couple of days, I remembered as a boy at the age of about 10 or 12 years old, my parents had bought me a globe, you know, a, a, right, a world right. globe, and I used to spin it. Uh-huh. And the globe would not just spin on its axis, it would turn sideways as well. And, and it would get turned in such a way where I would see the map of South Asia. If you have a map, you'd have to look at it. It would get turned sideways, and it looked like if, if Vietnam is the, is the lady's hair, uh-huh. and India is the full skirt of a lady, it looked like a lady waving to me. Wow. And Malaysia was the hand, Singapore was the fingertip. Uh, Sri Lanka would look like a football she was kicking. And I remembered, now this is after I had said yes to the Lord. Uh-huh. You know, I felt like God was calling me I, and, and several confirmations. I said, well, Father, I'm going to proceed in faith. I believe you've called me. I remembered as a boy seeing this and thinking, that looks like a lady waving at me. Well, you know, I don't know what that means to you. But to me at that time, sure. at that moment in my life, I needed assurance. And it was it was a, a, a wonderful assurance to me that, you know, son, I've known what I had for you for a long, long time. Wow. And now that I've gotten your attention and you're willing to do it, I just want to remind you what you saw as a child. Isn't so, yeah. So then when I went to South Asia uh, and, you know, met difficulties, because we all meet difficulties, uh-huh. and on the mission field, you will meet difficulties, I was able to remember that. And that assurance wow. really helped me in times of need. I tell you what, I have found out in my life that when you, when you know you've heard from God, you could toughen up through a lot of things. There's something about that yes. confirmation that you have in your spirit that you know that God is in this, and it, it'll it'll keep you going when when if you're not sure. And so it was you it could was, waver. Yeah, so it was, yep. it's good that that you you kept coming back to the Lord and I, and to make sure you had that conversation. I, yeah, I believe He expects us to do that. He doesn't want us to just go off half cocked or on right. an impulse. He wants us to be sure. You know, he, He's willing to communicate with us. He's, the, he's serious about. But it. But the wonderful thing about it is that from from the story you've told about the the sea and the the lady and the out of the globe there, this it this had been what. Preordained, which we know things are, we know that, but but God had had this thing 
in, in mind through the whole thing and all this process that he took you through God was leading you through every bit of it and how often we fail to realize that we wonder about why did this go I mean why is it that you were getting discouraged in school well obviously God was in that and, and, and all these it. different pieces of this puzzle the Lord is working it out and, and this is what he does and, and this is this is his kingdom at work and we're all involved in this thing. And sometimes we, if you're like me, sometimes I, I get a little discouraged and I'm going, it seems like that we're just losing ground here. And especially in the Christian faith. And of course, the things that we're facing here in America as a nation and, and things. And you sometimes you just get the feeling that we're just, we're just losing. We're just losing ground. But then I think about the scriptures that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Amen. And that God is strong and he's powerful and, he, and he's, he's using people. And and uh, this is one of the great things I enjoy about this radio ministry is I get to see all of these uh, individuals that God has, has has done these things. He's working these things, and they come and they, they tell us a story here on the radio, and it's so exciting because you realize that, that man, it's vast. The kingdom of God is vast, and, and the people that God's using is it's incredible, and they're all over the world. They're in India and, and uh, Southeast Asia and, and different things. Okay, so now. You finally you got the confirmation, and and, and, yes. you, and you know you know this is what. But now from that point, how much time was it before you actually set a foot in India? Well, that's that's a very good question. Of course, as soon as I got that confirmation, I went back to the dean and I changed my major. You know, I, I selected the major missions, uh-huh. and so my courses changed. And I went to the mission director at the time, Brother Bob Bishop, uh, at the school there, and he said, "Well, this is this is good. You know, I'm I'm excited for you, and let's pray and and you know be sure that you, you're clear on the Lord's guidance and everything." He said, "If you're called to missions, he said you need to visit a foreign field." Uh-huh. And uh, at that time, they had a program they called boot camp, uh, which really was a short trip of a couple of uh, not a couple of weeks, a couple of months. It was about nine weeks, and uh, it was coming up that summer. And he said, I suggest that you travel on this boot camp trip. Uh, And there was about eight of us. We took a ton and a half truck down as far as Guatemala, which means we drove from Pensacola, Florida, through Mexico, uh, through Guatemala, and actually the rest of the trip all the way down to Costa Rica and back up. And we visited missionaries on the field, missionaries with their families, all the way down and all the way back up. So I, I saw, I believe it was six different families, and I not just saw them, got to spend a couple of days in their homes and have them share with us what they did as far as ministry was concerned, some of the difficulties of the field, you know, to really um, understand firsthand that this is what missions life is all about. It's not all, you know, just glory and, and the angels are flying around, everything is just happening automatically. No, it's tough. And uh, you're there, you know, in, in the midst of a really a spiritual warfare situation. Right. You're there to be light in the midst of darkness. And so I was able to, you know, the, Brother Bob was very wise. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, Globe, they have that policy. You know, you don't just go to the field. You visit first and you consider what you've seen. So I went that summer. And uh, I think my parents were hoping I would come back and say, well, no, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be in Montgomery or somewhere else. But I just felt further confirmed uh-huh. uh, for missions. And not only that, further confirmed for India and South Asia. And uh, so, Brother Bob, you know, I, I talked with him at length when I got back, and he said, well, um, that's wonderful. He said, I'm excited even more, and I, I'm, I'm happy for you. He said, but let me tell you something. India is not Latin America. 
So he said, this is good. You were in Latin America this last summer. He said, I really suggest, he said, make your plans. I don't have a group for you to go with. Right. But I can give you some contacts for people to, to write to and communicate with. And I suggest you go to India next summer for two or three months. Oh. And so uh, in the summer of 79, I went uh, to India. Okay. And I was on my own, but I did visit Christian ministries, uh, you know, from Calcutta to Madras to... Uh, to Kerala in the south. And there again, I came back, uh, and, and during that time, I just felt God confirmed to me, this is where I want you. This is my direction wow. for your life. Now, was it during that trip that you had met Colleen, your, your wife? Uh, no, not yet, because okay. I still was not finished with Bible college. Oh, And I, uh, I came back, I had one more year of Bible college. Now, you know, young man and full of zeal and just on fire. You know, Lord, I believe you've spoken to me. As soon as I graduated, I thought, well, I'm going to be on, on the airplane within a month or so. I'll be in India. Well, the Lord put the brakes on. Huh. And I actually lived, after I graduated, I, I was in Latin America one summer. I was in India the next summer. But that following summer, I moved back in with my parents. Oh, really? Well, really. Single man, early 30s. Moved in with my parents, and I lived with them and taught school in Montgomery in a, in a Christian school, private school, for one year. I did not One school that. year, yeah. And uh, I'm so glad I did, because during that time, I had been, uh, you know, a, a pretty unruly teenager and, and young man. I was, I was not very submissive. I was not walking with the Lord. During that one year, the Lord healed my relationship with my mom and my dad. Oh, praise so, the Lord. Yeah. Amen. And so after that, I did go to the field. And years later, not too many years later after that, about four years after that, my mom passed away suddenly. Oh. So I'm so, you know, oh, of course that was very hurtful, that, but I'm yeah. so thankful that I had obeyed him yeah. and had that time with her uh, before she did die. But now, during that time that you went back to teach, I mean, the burden for India or Southeast Asia had not left you. No, not at all. And I was I was basically biding my time. I was part of a good church. I mean, you know, the Lord was with me. I was, you know, worshiping Him and serving Him. But I was waiting. And I uh -huh. felt that the, the Lord basically confirmed, you are waiting. You know, you spend time doing what you're doing. I have you on hold right now. Wow. And I, I had an indication What's after <laughs> getting the teaching job, I had an indication that that one year would probably be enough. I sensed uh -huh. that. And it was. And, and I left after that one year. Then I was a year in, in uh, India and Bangladesh. I came back and did uh, literacy training. And it was right after doing that literacy training in Oklahoma that I met my wife. Uh -huh. And uh, we co I, I went back to the field and we corresponded a while. And then I came back home within that next year and we married. I, I just find it fascinating that you met this young woman, and then you're, you're going off to Southeast Asia, and then she's willing to continue to correspond with you. And, and I mean, did she know what she was fixing to get herself she, into? When we met, <clears throat> excuse me, when we met, she felt like the Lord had, had showed her and spoken to her that I was going to be her husband. Uh -huh. Now, she didn't tell me that. Right. That might have been pretty scary. You know? <laughs> she didn't tell me that. But I just, uh, you know, from the very first when I met her, I just knew I really appreciated her. Uh -huh. And I thought, well, I want to take her out to dinner before I go back to India. I, I met her on uh, the 1st of January at a birthday party. A surprise party, and the, and the birthday boy didn't show up. But anyway, we got to know each other just a little bit, and I thought, well, I want to take her out to dinner before I go back overseas, just to let her know I appreciate her. She's a, a woman, young woman of God, and, and I really appreciate her. Well, long story short, you know, we got to know each other, and then uh, we started corresponding, and within several months, we were engaged and married. And then you, you had come back to the States. I came back to the States, for, of for, course, for, that. for us to get married. And then how long after you got married before she went with you? Well, I came back to the States in August, and uh, I took a teaching job again. 
And uh, the school that I went on to teach with uh, didn't have very many students. And so when Christmas time came, the principal was a little bit apologetic. He said, it would really be good for you to find another job. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talked to the senior pastor in, in the situation, and they said, we're not going to drop you because you, you got married in October. This is December. We will keep you on. We'll find something for you to do. But uh, lo and behold, a, a school opened up in North Georgia where their administrator had to leave, and, and they needed someone to come in immediately. And I came in and, Mike, and worked with Mike and Jane Bailey in a church there in North Georgia. And, uh, you know, we finished out the school year with them. And then my wife, Colleen, and I went back overseas. Colleen, I took Colleen overseas at that time. Well, yeah. now Mike Bailey has pastored ever since then, and his church has supported us all these years. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, now, so, so by the time you went back with Colleen, you, had, you were somewhat uh, adjusted to the culture and things. I had already had, yeah, a year yeah. and a half of, of language school, about a year, over a year of language school. Colleen was brand new right. to the situation. So, so how did that work? I mean, did, did, did she do pretty good to begin with? Well, she did. Fun? She, I mean, looking back and, and understanding it from, from a good perspective, she did very, very well. I won't say it was easy for her uh-huh. because we moved. At that time, I had, uh, I, instead of living in, in India and visiting Bangladesh, I had moved to Bangladesh and was visiting back into India. And so I took her first to India to visit, but then we went right to Bangladesh to set up house. Wow. And it was tough. Bangladesh is about 80% Muslim. Not, not only getting used to to being married and getting used to being together and all those adjustments that are hard enough in the yes. first year of marriage. Well, we had had we had had most of the first year okay. in the state. So you in your second yeah. year coming into the second year. But nevertheless, I mean, you got all these adjustments to be making at one time that had to be so extreme. But but now, how long have you been married now? We have now been married twenty six years. I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work. It's going to work. <laughs> and how many children? I'm very blessed. We have three children. Three children, and uh, one of them is still with you on the. Our, our youngest is 13, uh-huh. coming into the eighth grade. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, a beautiful family. And of course, a lot of times when you, if you get the newsletter that they they send out, you'll get pictures of of the family on the front of the newsletter. And uh, and I would just encourage you to do that. So, Brother McLean, we're going to play a little bit more music again. I, I want to let the folks know that we have the Gann brothers coming into the Open Bible Church on the eighth of August at seven o'clock, and we want everybody to come out. And if you've never met me, I'd love to meet you and just come out and have a great time. We have a uh, well, we the second time we've had the Gann brothers with us. And I'm going to go ahead and break in here. Um, we, we won't play the music that I had announced there, and also the Gann brothers are not coming to the Open Bible Church right now. So just make sure you know that that was from the the interview. But uh, I hope you enjoyed that. I, I've listened to this uh, two or three times, and every time I just enjoy this interview with McLean because, uh, first of all, I love the testimony. Just absolutely love the the way that God uh, just spoke to him and, and brought him to the faith. Uh, I love the the fact that this is earlier in the interview when he was sharing about how he came to the Lord and, and uh, he met this brother who he used to know, used to party with, and he saw the change and uh, he asked him about the change and the guy said, uh, if you want to know more about what's happened to me, just read the gospel. Gospel of John, and uh, and of course McLean wanted to argue with him about it, and he says, "No, just just read the Gospel of John." And I have shared that so many times since since this interview. I mean, I'm talking about from the pulpit, and I've said this. I said. Um, Read the Gospel of John. It really will help you to understand 
the Gospels, the Scripture. It gives you such a beautiful picture of who Jesus is, and uh, it's just uh, it's, it's very good. It's very good advice. And so, if you if you know somebody that's kind of on that fence, and, and maybe uh, they need to have a greater understanding, just tell them to read the Gospel of John, and then be available to answer questions that they might have. And of course, if you yourself are not up to date and familiar with the Gospel of John, you may want to read it yourself so that when they come with questions, you'll be ready to be sure and answer the question. Well, as I said, this is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. As we come to the end of the show, um, I want to invite you to come out and be with us at Freedom Road Christian Ministry on Capital Circle 720 Capital Circle. We're right next door to Logan's Martial Arts there, right across the road from the federal prison. We start at 11.05 on Sunday mornings. Contemporary music is the style of music at that service, and we would love to have you come and bring the family and enjoy a great time of worship and just being in the presence of the Lord. Come a little early. Uh, we got a little coffee area set up there. You can have a little cup of coffee and have some good fellowship. So come and be with us. Freedom Road, 720, Capital Circle. You can go to frcm.us and check it out. We always close the broadcast with prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for McLean and what you've called him to do. And and I thank you for his faithfulness, Father, through all these years. I pray you'd watch over him and his family and protect them and bless them, Father God. Lord, I pray for Tallahassee. I pray for our city. I pray for peace in our streets. I pray, God, that you would uh, cause your kingdom to grow and expand. And, Lord God, we just pray for America. Father God, we just pray for peace around the world. And to you be glory and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And until next Sunday, may the Lord bless you.